welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast. If you're a fan of the Kansas City Royals or baseball in general, please subscribe to the podcast. We provide game analysis, previews, reactions, and much more. I'm Jake Milham, and joining me as always tonight is the beat of Kansas City, the man with a plan, Lucas Murphy. Lucas, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm actually, actually doing really good. Um, you know, and the reason is, is because I think this is going to be the way for people to get their baseball fixed for a little bit. So Heck yeah. I feel pretty solid. Uh, we're going to be providing some great content. Uh, even outside of that, I'm doing fantastic. Unfortunately, again, I love that we do these on Sundays, but Monday is coming soon and uh, uh, it's a dreaded Monday. But hey, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. How about yourself? Look, you know, what? I was feeling a lot better last Sunday. You know, you had President's Day coming yeah. up. Most everybody had that Monday off. You know, I was like, oh, I get another morning of sleeping in. No, bam, tomorrow <laughs> we're right back to the grind. But, you know, it uh, it would be a heck of a lot better if I had some Royals baseball to actually look forward to. Um, but just this MLB lockout continues um, yet another day, yet another round of quote unquote productive talks. I don't know how much, how much productivity can we talk about when nothing's being happening, you know? And it just, it seems, it's crazy to me to think that these people meet for so long and it's like pulling teeth. I'd imagine like, Hey, here's our idea. No, we're not going to do that. Mm, and then they do they just sit there and roll ideas? Do they start talking just all kinds of like, I just can't imagine that you sit there for that many that long and nothing comes about because even in that, you know, we talked, you sent me that article on, you know, what kind of what was discussed today. And it's like, there's still like five or six things that have still to be negotiated. And it's like, yep. Hey guys, um, the, the time is tomorrow. Like if you don't get it done tomorrow, baseball is being delayed for sure. And I think, that's what's crazy. So like, to me, what I really wish we could find out is you hear things on Twitter, you see people like Jeff Passan and all these other people who cover it very extensively, but like what truly is the hiccup? Like, because like we saw, there's like five, six things that still have to be negotiated. Is it the fact that the luxury tax is the problem? Is it not paying the minor leaguers? Like one of, one of these things is truly like hanging this thing up as bad as it is. And like, if they can get past that, I think the, the snowball effect would happen and it would be easier to negotiate. But whatever it is, it's, it's just literally snagged that sheet and just is not letting it go. Yeah, it's, you know, you talk about snowball. I think of a more of like a domino, you know, if they can yeah. bridge the gap on one of these issues, maybe it'll just, you know, one will fall right after the other. And that that's what I hope. What we're, what we're staring down right now is, you know, opening day, let, let's be real. As of Sunday night, it probably is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, the deadline that the league and the players set was, hey, by Monday, February 28th, we have to have this done. And yeah. the gap is huge. Yeah. Granted, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I really want to get your thoughts on this because I think it's swaying from kind of being somewhat of like a, both issues, like the MLB and the Players Association. I think now it's more leaning towards like the MLB players association is really going to be hurting because guys aren't going to be getting paid. And I'm not saying like, you know, there's guys out there that are like multi multi millionaires. Um, but there are some guys that 
really are dependent upon making this money and they're not going to be getting paid where you got billionaire owners who, yeah, they're going to be losing the, the ticket sales and the, and some other things. And yeah, that might affect them, but it's not going to affect them as much as the players association. So I think now it's almost like the ball is shifting into the owner's court and they're going to be able to really manipulate this thing. Um, and maybe they've been holding out for that. What are, what are your thoughts on that? So I, and you know, I don't want to make this comparison with everything going on in the world, but the only way that I can think of describing it is it's the war of attrition. Yeah. You know, going into these negotiations, the owners knew that at a certain point they would have, the ball would be in their court. You are exactly right because they have the means to continue on until they get their way while you know, not not every MLB player out there signed in multi-year, multi-million dollar deals. Yeah. You know, some of them are going season to season and, you know, it's every day, every minute that passes by in these negotiations, it just goes towards the owners who, in my opinion, I don't know how people can disagree with this, but in my opinion, the owners are, the onus is on the owners in this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're responsible for the lockout. They're responsible for it still going on, but that's just me. What do you think, Lucas? You know, I, I, I get like, I, I think that I completely understand, you know, from a player's perspective. I mean, I mean, I played and I get it, but the part that like I can't relate to is the fact that we are talking millions and millions of dollars. Like I'm sure the billionaire owners have a reason for why they're acting the way they are. Like money is, you know, is, is important to them. And then there's a lot of things that, you know, comes with that aspect, but from a player's perspective too, like you're talking about guys' livelihood, like, Hey, this is what I'm dependent upon. Like, this is my career and my job. And we're at a stalemate where I'm not going to be getting paid. So, um, but I do, I do think I lean more towards the players just because, I mean, you want to, you want to pay the players that the people that are contributing to the sport itself and then make it go day in and day out. Like the owner is there and yeah, they might be doing certain things and providing certain things to the players and even the fans, but the players are put the product out there and we see them day in and day out. And um, so you want to make sure that they're, you know, compensated for that. And that's what I think is definitely most important. Yeah. um, And something that was, I wouldn't call it frustrating today, but maybe a little disheartening was the fact that none of the actual owners spoke to the player um, counterparts, if that makes sense. You know, it was the league, it was the league lawyers talking to the union lawyers, but the three um, players that kind of represent the union, Scherzer, Simeon and Andrew Miller, Mm -hmm. they were there. The owners themselves, not there. So I don't know. I don't know if this is something where egos need to be put aside more than money. You know, maybe that's something else. Um, but, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this because, you know, chiefs Twitter right now has kind of been ablaze with, you know, Oh, my sources tell me this and yeah. thus it is this something that is disheartening about, this saga is the fact that you don't know what sources are just the owners wanting to leak something for pressure, the players wanting to leak something and what is actually like news and completely down the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, do you, do you think that both sides are kind of manipulating 
people to see to see if they can get their way? I do. I think um, you know, I think there's certain people that probably are easy to represent both sides and and communicate that amongst. I this is my thing about this whole entire thing. And and I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this too, is I, I think that what this is doing is this is destroying the excitement and the overall just fan of baseball. Um, perfect example. My son's three years old. Does he understand the game of baseball or even know baseball yet? No. But if he, if he was at of that age to understand, Hey, I'm excited because the Royals are going to be playing and he can't watch the game of baseball because of a lockout, because two sides can't agree. His attention to the game is going to disappear. And I think for me, that's what's most disappointing is when that time comes, I want him to love the game that I'm so passionate about. But if we can't even get it on TV or can't even watch it in person and go to a game and enjoy a hot dog because we have two sides that can't agree, I don't I don't know how to sell that to him because it's going to be very difficult. And there's going to be other things that he might draw interest to. So, um, I mean, do you do you agree that it's ruining kind of the the incoming fan and maybe just the moderate fan. Yeah, it's, and we, we talked about this a little bit before, before we came on and it's, it's just sad to see the sport that was once consensusly the America's game. And right now, frankly, no one, like no one cares. Yeah. No one has positive feelings about the upcoming MLB season you know we all we've been following these prospect timelines and you know the the free agency articles like hey don't forget we still got free agents out there that need to be signed you know those are those are all gone but that's just at the mlb level at the end of the day major league baseball is the biggest platform to encourage people to watch baseball period or play baseball period Mm -hmm. If there is no interest in that level, you're playing kind of force, I guess is the way to put it, is going to dry up. Mm-hmm. And then your fans are going to dry up and the money's going to dry up. And then that'll it'll all be over. Yeah. Like, si- simple as that. Yeah. It's... I don't know. I'm I'm just sad. I'm just sad to see it, man. I love, don't get me wrong, I love the Chiefs. I love the Wildcats. But at the end of the day, the Royals were like the first sports team that I, that like I wanted to watch and I wanted to learn more about. Well, and, and I I think for me too, it's it's the idea of it, yes, they play 162 games, but like just being able to tune in at night, sit down and you know, you may not always watch all nine innings, but to have the game on and be able to pop in and check it out, or maybe you truly are sitting down and watching all nine. Like to me, that's, that's what summer represents. That's, that's what gets me going. And like, you know, I'd be out mowing grass and have the game playing and hearing Denny Matthews and like Ryan Lefevre call a game on, you know, when he's on the radio, other than that, he's on, you know, him and Rex are calling the game from the TV stuff. And it's just like, man, that could potentially be put on hold again. And it's, man, it just, it bothers me to no end. And like, I mean, I don't, I don't want this podcast episode to be negative because <laughs> we're definitely hyped. We're excited, but yeah, you know, I, I think it does because like what frustrates me is like, you'll put out an article 
because both of us write for, you know, inside the Royals. And like I put an article out the other day, just kind of predicting some of the things and talking about why the bullpen is so important. And every comment that I got in the comment section was, well, that's if we get a season. And it's like, man, that's just so demoralizing. It's not even like, hey, maybe so-and-so needs to be in the bullpen or, hey, I like that idea because maybe they'll provide such a good quality, you know, outing or something. No, it was, well, if we get a season and it's like, man, it's, that, that just hit me harder than I think usual. So, yeah, it's, it's very demoralizing. And to your point, that's, that's not casual fans or even moderate fans. That's like, those are fans that plan their summer around yeah. baseball and like, that's their outlook on it right now. So yep. we are, we are in a situation that hasn't been faced in 30 years. Yeah. So you are affecting multiple generations with, with this. And this is yeah. the taste that we're going to be putting in our mouth, but let's, let's try to get the podcast back a little bit. Let's try to get some of that Lucas Murphy patented optimism back. And hey, hey, speaking of that real quick, and this literally just clicked in my head and I don't know why. Uh, I was surfing through Twitter the other day and you know the guy that's always hanging out with uh, Trevor Bauer. They do uh, kind of the podcast and um, they do a lot of YouTube together. Did you see Carter Jensen was hitting in the cage with him and they were doing a home run derby? I did. I did see that. That was freaking awesome. And uh, man, I had to, you know, obviously we interviewed him and how down to earth he is. And uh, I reached out to, you know, I just sent him a message, man. I I can't (laughs) wait for him to start hitting Yaya's and and Kaufman, but it was incredible to see that. Cause you know, I do follow that guy quite a bit and uh, it just popped up on my thing. I'm like, no way Carter was out there hitting with it. So yeah, I just didn't know if you saw that or not. Dude, that was, I I thought that was super cool. And look, Folks were clowning Carter because that yeah. that guy Carter didn't get too many uh, too many good swings off in there. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> but it, it happens. He was probably just sore from the day before. You know that, that man's he's, he's training. <laughs> well, That's we see we see, we know he likes to golf too, so maybe he had a golf out and that yeah, kind of you know hindered so. that. Maybe so. Maybe he had a he had a tea time. He was saving a, <laughs> saving a swing for. Oh yeah. no, we'll, we'll have to ask him next time, maybe. For sure. But look, hey, keeping it up with the positivity, this guy out of North Carolina, and look, you you pointed him out to me. You were tweeting about him earlier on today. Tommy White for NC State. Look, man. Tommy Tanks, baby. Lucas, Lucas, tell us about Tommy Tanks, man. Holy smokes. I mean, yeah, you, you know, we talked a little bit before the podcast started. The kid is a freshman for North Carolina State, the Wolfpack. And I think, you know, any other time it would probably just be normal. Like, okay, this guy's got one, he's got three, he's got four or five home runs. No, this guy has hit like nine consecutive game home runs. And I know last night he had a double, they had a double header and he hit one in each game. So holy smokes, drop and drive, nuke him out, hit him to the moon. Like this guy is impressive. And it's just, it's, you know, we talked a little bit because of the baseball hold in major league baseball, it's really drawing people to college baseball. And I think I'm more excited about that and happy for that because guys, the fan bases that come out for college baseball, the, it's just a different style of game as well. Like you see a different passion and it's obviously they're not getting paid, but man, it's, it's such a team sport and 
anytime Tommy Tanks hits a bomb, you can see the whole team <laughs> just get so pumped for that dude. I'm I'm so happy and uh, yeah, man, I'm gonna definitely follow him throughout the whole year. And I, as as you know, a ton of people are. I mean, it's it covered my entire Twitter timeline last night, and I was just so happy for that kid. Yeah, man, the the dudes hit nine home runs in in eight games. Like yes. That, that that's historic for any level of college baseball. Like it is absolutely ridiculous. And the, the kid kind of came out of nowhere. He said himself, he hit like five home runs his whole senior year. And now he's, you know, nearly doubled that at the next level for like a nationally ranked team, no less. Like he, he's really, really good, but going back to the fans. Um, no, sorry, not the fans, the passion around college baseball. You know, I see, they showed the montage of all of his home runs and stuff. And they pan over the crowd and there ain't, it's not like packed stands. Don't get me wrong, but you got like grandma age people like bowing, like bowing up and down to him. And it's just like, what, what the heck? Oh you, my you've God. Been watching this game since the sixties and you're, you're bowing to this kid. I mean, he hit, he hit one the so other fun. day. He hit one the other day and it looked like one of the fountains at Kaufman exploded. It was just some kid erupting like a water bottle. And I was like, what is going on? Out there? <laughs> oh man. It is, it is it. so fun. Yeah. I mean, the Arkansas, Arkansas Razorbacks, if you ever get a chance, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the only downside to college baseball is you usually have to have ESPN plus a lot of nationally televised games don't usually happen, but Man, if an Arkansas Razorback game and ever they sell out all the time, and you would think it's a home football game. That's how how crowded, rowdy that crowd is. It's it's incredible. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, we we both love SEC baseball, Vandy, mm-hmm. the Razorbacks, everyone down there. We, we absolutely love it. Yeah. Speaking of that, too, did you see the kid from Tennessee pumping 103? I did. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he came ridiculous. out today. Hit he. The whole time, 101, and it's just, man, incredible. Incredible. Love it. Dude, this is probably the best byproduct of the lockout, though, yep. is I wouldn't say it's like forcing people to watch college baseball, but it's genuinely getting people interested in watching college baseball because it's it's kind of like this trickle-down effect from social media. You know, these baseball people, they got to keep putting out baseball stuff. And there isn't any news right now. So you're going to be talking about the highlights from college baseball or cool stories from down there. And that gets more eyes on the product. I I think it's really cool personally. What do you think? Yeah, man, I think that, and uh, I I think it's going to help out with a lot more people being aware of who's, you know, top prospects and who could go in certain places. And um, I mean, eventually we do understand that minor league baseball is still happening and that's, I think if the baseball regular season does get put on hold, it'll be very interesting to see how people draw to the minor leagues and how the fan bases will react to that. Cause if no major leagues, like are people just going to flood these minor league stadiums and, and get their fix on baseball? Are we really going to see people more aware of what minor leaguers exist down in the, down in the organizations? I, I, I think that's the thing is, you know, we talked about the negatives and how that does affect, people who are very passionate about the actual, you know, the show itself. But I think for what we're seeing on, like you said, the minor leagues, college baseball, really kind of being brought to the limelight. I think that's going to be an important thing too. And maybe it will turn out to be a good thing. It might be. And, you know, trying to bridge that gap between good old Tommy tanks and, and the minor leagues, he was actually 
So in high school, he was one of the top third base prospects, but he committed to NC State and he went to NC State. And look, if this kid keeps on hitting bombs like he's doing right now, well, I doubt we'll see a sophomore year for uh, for old Tommy White at NC State. You know what I mean? I think he'll be in the show sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, going, let's, we'll, we'll get it back to the Royals. You know, we're still sticking with baseball, but we kind of got sure. off track a little bit. Um, looking through, looking through old Royals stuff put together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the talking heads, we kind of have a select group among the Royals kind of content sphere. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of a handful of 10 or 20 folks. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if we're a part of that sphere yet. I, I'd like to think we are. <laughs> Working there. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, but Alec Lewis, I was looking through some of his old stuff, and he just compiled the, the athletics fan survey. Um, it, it's a really good article. It's from January 5th this year. If you're listening, I'd suggest you go check it out and just see what some of the what some of the percentages are. But the one I wanted to talk to you about tonight, Lucas, is the job approval for Dayton Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, Dayton Moore, he's in a he's in a new elevated position and J.J. Piccolo is in his old position right now. But Dayton's been with the team for long enough. So we kind of know who he is as a person, how he's going to act. And he was in his previous role for long enough. Um, so I just want to talk to you about this and I'll, I'll give the, the percentages for our listeners right now. So the options were excellent, solid, fair, below average, and poor. And now for excellent, it was only 9.3%. Solid was 45.9 and fair was 31.3 with below average coming in at 10%. Now, I don't know about you, Lucas. That's not terrible numbers for a for a front office leader coming off of a losing season, do you think? No, not at all. Um, I don't want to take this too long because I'm I'm very after hearing Dayton Moore talk in a few things and hearing how uh, much of a person he is outside of being just the general manager or his new position, mm-hmm. man, we are, we are very lucky to have Dayton Moore within this organization. His, his skills to manage men and, you know, teenagers that are coming into men is far exceeding um, to me what he does as a general manager. Mm-hmm. I think we also have to take into accountability what he is given on a year to year basis because he is a part of a small market team. Yeah. And he won us a, I mean, he took us to a two world series back to back and is building that same product with, I think more possibilities in the farm system than we did even then. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Dade Moore to me, uh, his, to, to me, it's excellent. I, I think he's done an excellent job. Um, and I understand there's other people that aren't as avid or into baseball as much as I am. And they see, you know, they get frustrated. I, I completely understand. Yeah. But for me, I think Dade Moore, I wouldn't, I would never want Dade Moore to leave this, this entire time. And 
Um, I hope he sticks around for as long as he's even interested in being a part of baseball because, I mean, he's done it all. He's coached. He's scouted. He's done the general manager's aspect. He's now, what, the president of baseball operations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm all in on Dayton Moore. I think J.J. Piccolo is just as as important. Those two are, are a combo. Um, it, it's it's just the fact that we are a small market team. We're not able to spin like the Yankees. We're not able to spin like the Red Sox and those types of teams. And mm-hmm. um, he's built from the ground up multiple times. And um, yeah, I, I, I love Dayton more. I, I truly do. Yeah. And you know, by, by no means I'm, I'm right there with you, Lucas. I'm not here to dunk on Dayton more and, you know, call for his head on a silver platter, but I, I would put him in the, in the solid. Yeah. In the solid option. Um, yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, what what else could could he do better? There are a lot of things holding him back that don't limit other teams. And that's that is an unfortunate thing. Um, But we you know, we have heard of that person building culture within the Royals organization. Um, I, I think I read somewhere it was it's an old trope, but the whole person first player second. Um, mm. And then the player will come along as the person grows. Yeah. So I, I think Dayton would, would ascribe to that and, you know, sit down and listening to some of his longer interviews, whether one-on-one and he's talking about his faith and, and yes. him growing up. And it's, it's not only very admirable on a one-on-one basis, but it's very admirable, especially for the Kansas city Royals fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not talking down on the fan base at, at all in any ways, but you know, it is a, it is generally a very conservative, very humble, very morally centric, I guess would be a good way to put it fan base. And so I think Dayton reflects a lot of those fans beliefs. Does that make yeah. sense, Lucas? 100%. I mean, one thing that, well, two things that you and I've talked about multiple times, they paid all minor leaguers during the pandemic. Yep. And they've also were in the forefront and it's you and I've talked about this on the podcast. They're in the forefront of giving places of living for minor leaguers. Um, I think that is spearheaded by Dade Moore and and his staff. Um, And and those are the type, that's the type of individual that you have is it's more than baseball. It's about creating a culture. And like you said, it's, it's over the individual before the, the player itself. And, um, I think if you can create good people, um, it, it shows and you'll get a more of a commitment, even though it's a small market club. Yes, I, I fully agree. Now, I will. It wouldn't be my um, trademark realism if I didn't mm-hmm. bring up one negative that I found with Dayton Moore. And yeah. that's, you know, take this with a grain of salt. I do agree with some of the responses in the athletic survey. I do think that. Dayton can be a little too um, loyal to individual players and coaches as well. Yes. Yes. Um, It's been a couple of years where fans have said, okay, we need to move on from Merrifield. Okay. We need to move on from Eldred, but those moves have not been made. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's a good reason for that. I'll counter, I'll counter real quick. And then I'll let you, I mean, we were seeing you, you know, you brought it up earlier, the, the Twitter, atmosphere is all about the chiefs right now and we're seeing yep. all kinds of things same goes for andy same goes for veach with when it comes to b enemy mm-hmm. we're seeing matt Nagy return 
after being fired from the Bears. Yeah, that loyal that you know you find those people and and you're loyal to the, they, they'll come back, especially when you're kind of that old timer. Uh, and true. we're seeing that now, and we're seeing that with enemy People are wanting enemy gone, but because Andy's so faithful and, and believes in enemy he's coming back. Then we go out and get another former guy in Matt Nagy. So I I'm right there with I, trust me, I'm with the fans. Because I've how many times did I say I want Eldred's head on a platter, man? Get yeah. him out of here. But yeah, but I get I get it. I have to, I get it. And so, but yeah, go ahead, continue with what you're saying. But man, I, that was right on the tip of my tongue. I had to spit it out. No, no, I I completely understand. And you know, we're we're both saying the same thing in different tones. It's yeah. loyalty can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Correct. Yeah, I think 100%. one of Alec posted a certain response. Yeah, it's I'm quoting the article here. It says one summed up the back and forth this way. Quote, his loyalty to staff and players is a blessing and a curse. End quote. I think I think that's the best way to to sum it up. But For sure. I think it is a blessing more often than it is a curse. I would say so. I think with baseball it's a little bit I think it's different than football. And obviously I understand we're talking Royals, but I think with football, you know, you're looking for quick responses, things to happen immediately. Like you're looking for performance, you know, to happen really quick with baseball. There's a, there's a lot of learning curve. Like each level presents something different and you have different coaches at each level where the NFL is the NFL. And so I think, you know, maybe Cal Eldridge isn't the answer as pitching coach, um, and there's somebody else, but maybe he, you know, maybe they just feel confident in what he's doing. And he maybe has done something with these guys that needs to be, uh, you know, seen through or whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of differences in football and baseball, but I think the loyalty aspect we've seen in both sides, especially as KC fans. Okay. Here, here's a quick trivia question for, for you and for our listeners. So we, we were just talking about how, um, how Moore is the president of baseball operations and Piccolo is now the senior vice president of baseball operations. Do you know who just the normal vice president of baseball operations is for the Royals? Ooh, is that Goldberg? No. He's the scouting. He's the head of scouts. Scouting, right? Yeah, he's the vice president of player personnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know who just the vice president is. It's good old George Brett. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> it's exactly what I, that was exactly my reaction. <laughs> oh, oh, man. No, no wonder why he's up there sipping whiskeys every other game. Exactly. I, <laughs> you know, I thought he just kind of had like that lifetime, uh, lifetime box up there in Kaufman, but here he is. He's actually putting in work. Look at yeah. old George go. You know, that's one thing I, I think I always reflect on in the 14 and 15, especially 14 when, it first happened when we were winning, they would always pan up to that box yeah. and you would see George Brett just fist pumping or whatever it was like it, you know, just him kind of reliving his glory days. And that's something that's always like burned in my head. Anytime I think about those runs. Yeah. He always, you know, he always had the, he had the best reaction. It's kind of, don't Twitter, please don't skewer me for, for saying this. <laughs> But it kind of reminds me of like when when the Hornets were actually doing good way back when and they would pan up to Jordan 
Yeah. And like him celebrating just like that pride that a former great has in, in his product. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's certainly a, a special, a special thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we still have George Brett around. I don't, I don't see a reason why he should be losing his job. Yeah, for sure. Most, uh, cause I remember he, remember he stepped into the, be the hitting coach for a little bit. Oh, that's I mean, right. I forgot about that. I mean, there's a lot that George has done outside of just being the player in, in Royals history. He's done a lot of different things. I mean, man, I, I just sit there and I, I reflect on those moments because it's like, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I wanted the chiefs and I was more, I was so happy the chiefs made the Super Bowl runs that they've done and they, they'll continue to do that. But there was something about when the Royals were in the playoffs that it just took it next level for me. My, my anxiousness was a lot higher. My nerves were running at a different time. Like, man, like I was just, I just, I wanted it so bad. We're like, yes, with the chiefs, I was like, I want it really bad, but man, the Royals, like just the passion for how much I followed him as a kid, how many times I sat in the stands and we were a hundred lost team and like, yeah, and you know, all that. And just, man, yeah, I, I want that to return. And I think to kind of come back to what we were talking about, I think Dayton Moore is clearly the leader in that and should be the leader in that because he's done it once, give him a chance to do it again. And, and, I think he's he's got it built. It's just time to start pushing them to the majors. Yeah, um, I, I certainly agree with you there. All the building blocks are are in place. Um, Moore has done what he can. I think fans are going to have to start calling on Sherman and that ownership group to start ponying up some money, though. I think correct. I think we're kind of at that point right now. If we Correct. if we want to compete with these prospects, they're going to need some veterans. But that sounds like a talk for another podcast. I'm all for it. <laughs> Lucas, do you have anything else that you want to add before we wrap up tonight? I don't, man. I'm I'm uh I'm glad we're back doing this again. Um, even though we're in a lockout, I think it's good just to talk baseball and bring up talking points and. Um, I think one, it helps us, but I think it also kind of gives fans something to kind of admire and enjoy while we're in a lockout period. So, uh, anyone who listens, we truly, we truly appreciate you listening and, uh, hopefully you're getting some fun and entertainment out of this for sure. Hopefully so, because I'm, I know we're both having fun, even if we're just entertaining each other, you know, yep. we'll, we'll just keep doing this every Sunday night. It'll, it'll be just fine. For sure. I do want to give one more shout out real yeah. quick. Everybody that's contributing from a Royal standpoint. I mean, everybody else over at inside the Royals. I mean, we've seen, we've interviewed David Lesky. I mean, he's constantly putting content out. We're seeing all these people that are staying on the grind and, and contributing to, you know, a boring time in baseball, but mm-hmm. still finding ways to contribute and put, put stuff out there. Royals farm report. I mean, everybody's still grinding and, and doing it. And it, it's good to help us get through this time. Yeah. You know, Mr. O'Brien, Mr. Perkins, yep. Uh, yep. Mr. Duvall, uh, the whole team over there at, at Royals review, you know, it, it hasn't been an easy time for, for creating content about the Royals, but you know, those are some of the folks that have continually done it, not just this season, but for many seasons before. So yep. you know, kudos to y'all. We're trying to do our part. You keep up the the good fight with making Royals content. We know it's a fight out there sometimes. 
But uh, as long as Pull we don't fight teeth, with each baby. other, it'll be good. <laughs> That's what we should do. I know you're a big fan of wrestling. We should just have a tag team match against everybody and just whoever oh, comes out. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah, man. I, I know there's that wrestling promotion there in Kansas City. They were, uh, I remember, you. I mean, you know, you know, like the bad guys in wrestling, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. They were, their bad guy thing was they were dumping out guys' barbecue chips <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, I remember. They started getting booze, booze from everyone there. Was, That's awesome. It was That's amazing. Awesome. Before we end this, I do have to ask you this. I want this on record. Oh, what would man. be your what would be your finisher if you were a wrestler? Oh, I'm going tombstone. I'm just throwing that out there. Mine's the tombstone. So what's yours? So if if I'm going realistic with my athletic um, limitations, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the old Stone Cold Stunner. I like it. I all love right. it. You know, I, I, I just got to use gravity. I just got to sit down. That's that's all I got to do. I love it. I probably would throw my back out doing the tombstone, but man, I'm Undertaker is my guy. I love it. He man. So I'd have to I'd have to go off of him, but Heck that yeah. could also be another podcast, man. So I don't want to keep it going. <laughs> we'll just uh we'll we'll make we'll name our Royals greats with wrestlers. How's that sound? I love it. Yeah, that that could be one for sure. Heck yeah, heck yeah. But for today, that's good. That's gonna be it, it for us. Yep. Please, if you're listening, leave us a like, a subscription, the reviews. They they really, really help out. We appreciate everyone who's been leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're now on Anchor as well, which is Spotify's podcast platform. So if you want to check us out there, please do. If you want to continue the conversation or support the podcast, please give us a follow on Twitter at Royal Rundown Pod. Lucas, I know folks will be wanting to talk to you about that tombstone pile driver. Where can they follow you on Twitter at? Hey guys, follow me over at the beat of KC. Uh, man, I'll, I will engage with you and talk with you about sports, wrestling, whatever it may be. I just, I like talking to people. So follow me over at the beat of KC. Yeah, y'all look, we, we just like having conversations. I haven't had a bad one yet. Knock on wood. <laughs> but again, I'm Jacob Milham. You can follow me at jmildeham on Twitter. Got a little bit of everything over there. So let's just get the conversation going. But thank you again for listening. And until next time, go Royals. Go Royals.